0: This week's episode is sponsored by Castos. Castos is a podcast hosting platform that helps you grow your audience through public podcasts and offer exclusive content through private ones. The WP Mir podcast is actually hosted on Castos, and the whole process has been great from the very start. Check them out at Custos.com. Hi, this is Gabi Galea, and welcome to the WP Mir podcast. In this episode, we'll be speaking to Augustine Pratt, the co-founder of Weglot. If you've ever thought about translating your website and going multilingual, then you should definitely check out this plugin. In this episode, I'll be joined by my co-host Jean Galea, the founder of WP Mir, and who now runs his own personal blog, JeanGalea.com. Join us to learn how to make your website multilingual in a matter of minutes. Hi, Augustine. Welcome to the WP Mir podcast. It's nice to have you on. Hi, Gabi. Today, we're joined by Jean Galea, who we've introduced in a previous episode as well. Jean is the founder of WP Mayor, and he's also currently running his own blog, jeangalea.com, which focuses more on investing. So, Augustine, uh, both Jean and myself are very interested in taking our blogs and making them multilingual. So, I know you're the co-founder of Weglot, so please... Introduce yourself and the team behind it, and what the plugin actually does.
1: Yeah, uh, yes, with pleasure. Thanks a lot. So yeah, I'm I'm super pleased to be uh, to be here with you guys. I mean, WP Mayor and and Wiglot, uh, history is coming back. Like, I think it's first time we met exchange together was in 2016 at the very very beginning of Wiglot, when we started uh, the company with Remy. So yeah, Wiglat. I'm the co-founder of Wiglat. Uh, Remy is the other co-founder. I'm more the CEO guy and he's more the CTO guy. We created WigLot in 2016. We actually started to work on it in late 2015. And what it does or what it tries to solve is to help website developers, website marketers to make their website multilingual. So you have one website in French, for example, and you want to display it in English and Spanish. You would add WIGLOT on your website and it would help you to get it translated in Spanish and in English and get it displayed to the end visitors. That's what it does. That's how uh, the idea came out uh, in Remy's mind in 2015. And that's... What we do today, still, <laughs> <laughs> we did not, we we have we haven't uh, done any pivot, and and uh, and there is a team of twenty five plus guys, uh, awesome guys behind that. We started out with WordPress, and it's still like fifty percent of our uh, users, customers, but we're also available on on other technologies.
0: I see. Okay, so like Squarespace and Shopify,
1: yeah. Yes, exactly, or even custom All
0: right. So, how easy is it to get started? So, I've got my blog, I've got my um, e-commerce website. Do I just install the plugin and it's good to go? Or,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. You, uh, talking about the product itself, yeah, it's just you click on install, activate. Uh, you would create your widget uh, uh, account to get your API key, and then you add your API key. You select your original language. You select your destination language. You hit the save button. And it will, it's done. You just refresh the page. You have a button, language button that's displayed on your website. Uh, we're, we're providing one by default, but you can change it, of course, uh, customize it. And, uh, we're also providing the first layer of translations, which are machine based. So we're using a mix of Google, DeepL, Microsoft, Yandex, depending on language pairs. And then, uh, you can, either leave it as is or you can change things uh, in real time uh, in your Wiglet dashboard or you can involve people who, for example, for example, you added Polish and you don't know anything about Polish, mm-hmm. but you have a friend or you have a country manager that's speaking Polish, you would invite them to the to the, to the the dashboard and they will do the, the review and changes uh, where, they, where they need to be done. Um, okay,
0: so you can have a hybrid of both machine translation and and, yes. Okay.
1: Yes, that's actually the kind of uh, approach we 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 truly believe in. Uh, we think that for it, sh- it depends on the use case, but let's let's let, let, I'll say like for I'd say like 75% of our users, the hybrid mode is, is the best one. When you have thousands of uh, uh, of products, you can't have a uh, uh, human behind each page behind each content i mean it's, it's 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 possible but it will take a lot of time and 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 by, and by that time you would have changed your product so i'm not sure it would be helpful so we're truly believe that a mix of both it may be the good solution and then you can eventually improve pages that are the most visited uh, uh products that are uh, uh, working best uh, and then you can try to. Can I do A B testing on that? Improving the translations, see how it goes. But start with something and iterate.
2: Just to jump in here. Again, this is John. As Gabby mentioned before. I wanted to ask first of all, if you have some kind of typical profile of person who goes for this plugin and in terms of let's let's limit it or let's let's keep it open. It doesn't have to be WordPress. Who is using your plugin? If you had to say I don't know. Shop owners, bloggers, just generic websites. Is there like a, a mix of profiles that you see?
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, actually small mix of profiles. We have the, I mean, we're lucky enough to have many kind of and many types of users. But I'd say like mostly we have solopreneurs or uh, or solo bloggers or or, or, or side business uh, 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 owners. Uh, that would, would, would use us. And then we have like marketing people. It can be from a uh, CMO to a uh, project manager, digital manager, e-commerce manager. And then we have, uh, and that's, that would represent, I'd say, and also business owners. Like even if you have like a, a 10 people, uh, 10 people business, m- most of the case, it's the business owner that's behind the will the account. And it represents I'd say like 60%, I'd say like 65% of our users. And then the rest, it's more technical guy. It can be like a, a very, very technical guy, but it's, it's, it's a small portion of our users. And you have an in-between people that are technical, but not that. It's not their full-time job to be a full-stack developers in PHP or JavaScript. Mm-hmm.
2: And in terms of websites, is uh, shops the predominant use case?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most of the use case, it's, it's, uh, e-commerce and we have some marketing websites. So that's what you would have. Like, for example, we got ourselves our website. It's what we called internally a marketing website or corporate mm-hmm. website. Okay. And then you would have some private apps. So for example, if you have an um, internal wiki uh, website, for yeah for a specific team or specific department but it's mostly the case for 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 bigger companies and yeah that's pretty much the three main use cases we have here
2: and which would be the biggest geographical audiences that you you have yeah. as customers
1: what would you guess
2: <laughs> well spain for example is one where there are several languages
1: yeah that's right it's uh, i mean it's where we have the U.S. is the number one country.
2: There's also a mix of Spanish and and English in the U.S., right? Especially yeah. on the West Coast.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and they just like it's it's a huge market. So it's even if it's a small market share, it's still a big number. And then we have uh, Western Europe. So it's France, Germany, Spain, UK, and then let's say Canada. That's a, that's do a the main market but we have like we, we we have customers in 100 countries that's the beauty of, of digital product.
2: and how do you handle support is it all in english or do you have people in different languages
1: good question uh <laughs> we actually we do not have a formal internal policy of what language you have to use what we do is uh, by default it's english and then when we see or we recognize a user's. Users that are uh, speaking a language we uh, we can speak uh, 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 we can we can switch to for example French for me or uh, Spanish we have people coming from Mexico or, or, or from Colombia uh, in the team and uh, it can also be Italian if we speak Italian but it's mostly English.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, and so let's speak about the what how you chose to implement your idea about the Malta language service, really. So first of all, it's more of a service rather than a plugin. And when you arrived on the scene, I think WPML was by far the dominant plugin, that there were a few others. And so even I remember when I used to see new plugins coming in, like, how are they going to compete with WPML? It seems everybody's using it. And when you came in, you kind of went for a radically different approach by providing translations as a service and so i'd love to know more about how from idea when you got the idea i guess you looked at the wordpress space you saw the main players saw what they were doing why apart from i mean carving out a niche is there any other reason that made you think that a service would be better for users
1: so you were asking the service idea there's a service is uh, the approach is um, is connected with the idea when Remy, before doing Wigglet, Remy started the first startups, who was a mix of Google Maps and Craigslist. So you could find things around you, and the map thing was the, the key differentiation. They did that with a with another co-founder for a year. Um, after a year, it was hard to to get a real uh, money uh, business to do that, and they have a huge list of uh, announced but it was nothing compared to the to the key player in France. So they decided to shut down the business. And when they did that, he, he wanted to build another one. And he started to think about what were the things he were challenging during this first uh, startup uh, uh, experience. And he was in charge of the website development. And any time he met a real challenge, uh, he found kind of a magic solution, API-based, service-based. So, for example, he wanted to add a uh, uh, payment, and how, how I'm going to host the credit cards, how I'm going to do the connection with the bank, and it's going to be a nightmare and so on. And then he found Stripe. Stripe, in the afternoon, it's, it's done, it's connected, and you can receive payments, kind of magic. Uh, another example could be he wanted to send text messages, To users and customers when they need authors, for example. And he didn't know how to do that with code. He did some research and he found uh, Twilio. Twilio, it's literally uh, two minutes or five minutes integration, and then you just manage your dashboard and you're sending text messages. And really, he found it magic. And when he had to do the translations for the website in the different languages, it it, it, completely. Nightmare, and he tried to find a solution and a tool that would make things easier, uh, API-based, for example. And he didn't find anything that were that were doing that. So when he started to think about something that could uh, uh, have made his life easier at the time, he immediately mm-hmm. uh, thought about uh, uh, doing something that helped any website owners, developers, to make a website multilingual, technically speaking, and content speaking. That's how the the idea came out, and so he found many solutions that were API-based and service-based. So that was the the logical approach for him. To make it easier, it has to be uh, uh, API-based and and all the complex and challenging parts in the service provider. We started there. We had a JavaScript snippet at the time, so we were asking people to... Implement the JavaScript snippet in their uh, HTML, kind of like a, a Google Analytics uh, a snippet that you would add, and it was working. But we had many users uh, 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 giving us giving us feedback uh, about, "Hey, I don't know how to add HTML uh, things in my HTML. Do you have a WordPress plugin? And we heard that a lot. And we also had users that that were saying, "It's great. It's working, but." It's only JavaScript, uh, uh, based, brother based. So the, it's the, 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 crawler of Google's and other search engines, they will not see, uh, uh um, the transcript versions. So that was, that were two problems and feedbacks we heard, we heard. We did no, nothing about, uh, WordPress at that time, no? <laughs> really. So it's really the users we met. I mean, we were going to co-working places, uh, knocking on each shoulder to ask them to add the, the code to the website. And that was their feedback uh, about, uh, about the product. And so at some point, okay, let's have a look at WordPress, how it's working, and how we can maybe wrap our uh, uh, tool into a plugin, just to make things easier to add the tool to the website. And while doing that, we also understood that we were able to do uh, translations on our site with WordPress while using the service API based approach. And we did that too. And that's when we created the plugin actually for the group like I think it's 2016, And yeah, so For us, it was just logical that it's going to be service-based, API-based. But at the very beginning, it was was complex and challenging to explain that to users. I think at the time, WordPress users were not that uh, used to uh, service API, uh, API key-based and they were more uh, used to plugins they would add and kind of own. And it was very important to them. So we had to educate a bit people that were uh, signing up. But uh, yeah, in the end, I think it's there are two approaches. I mean, we, we can't say that we eat really all the, the markets, Not the case. I think there is room for, for everyone. But ours is really focusing on the user you know, experience, the easiness of adding us and applications, and that's. What, and I think that the service-based approach is better suited.
2: So we've spoken about your choice about uh, the API system and service-based, which is interesting because I thought it was more of a marketing choice, but it turns out that it was more of a philosophical choice, which is, it's actually better to know that. And now as someone who comes from the WordPress space, our audience is going to be mostly WordPress users. And as you said, people in WordPress, at least the older guys like me, we're used to owning the content. That's why we use WordPress. We own everything and especially the content, you know, really focused on owning the content. So can you explain clearly what happens with our content? Let's say I have my blog, it's in English. I want to have Spanish and French. When I connect Weglot, what happens with the incoming content? Is it something that's stored in my WordPress database that I own it? I can later deactivate Weglot or is, is it somehow owned by Weglot and I always need the connection for it to work?
1: It's a good question. So that's a question we had a lot. So <laughs> I'm kind of used to answer it, but we always had the same answer. You own the content. Well, I mean, uh, uh, whatever happens, uh, the users and the clients they own the content. What's the the, the main difference between us and more uh, uh, traditional solutions is that we are taking care of the hosting of the translated content, which means that when you connect with us, the content is yours and it's hosted by us, and we're taking care of the technical aspect of the translations and the multilingual. If at some point you don't want to use Wikidot anymore, sure, no hard feelings. Uh, you can ask us, uh, the, 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 the export of your translations. We export it. We give it to you. And you can then, uh, taking care of, uh, adding them back to another solution or doing whatever you want with that. But in the end, it's the same thing if you're changing from one hosting company to another, or if you're using one, I don't know, email provider to another, you, Part of the content is hosted and, and, and not by you uh, and if you choose to change uh, or if you switch your mind and you want to change to another solution provider, you would take the content and bring it to the to the other solution provider so it's you can see us as, as, as the same thing
2: okay so maybe let's go a, a layer deeper to the more towards more technical what's happening exactly when I connect we lot? what happens to my English content and that's sure.
1: So, for example, you have your blog in, in, in English on uh, your homepage and you're adding Google to the website. You selected the French and Spanish for translation languages. And then you have the button, you did it yourself, or you're using our by default, uh, Never And
2: That can be like a widget that I plug into the sidebar, for example, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, I mean, it can be a widget. Uh, it's, you install the plugin, then we provide a, a, a um, language button. You can change some default uh, options such as uh, with or without flags with or without names and so on but if you want to do one uh, totally custom yourself uh, uh and you can do that and then connect it to uh, to the plugin with a, a simple document okay option.
2: and within like an article i i imagine there would be like something written this article is also available in french and spanish is that possible as no
1: well? no no we're preventing the button and it's actually uh, making the whole website available in the different languages. So much so of the
2: content, like the post itself. Exactly. Everything menu. Yes,
1: everything. exactly. Everything. Because the way it's working, so you you add, you add a Wiglet and then the, the visitor, they see the button, they change it from English to Spanish, for example. And what happens is that the plugin is collecting and detecting all the strings of the page. Then it's sending them to the API using your API key, it's getting translations that are uh, connected to the original content, and it's replacing it in the HTML. So, and then it's and then it's serving the the page under the slash es page to the end visitor. And so, at, at no moment it tried to uh, localize the original of the the origin of the string trying to see if it's coming from a plugin, from a theme, from the core, and so on. It's really looking at the page, at the HTML of the page.
2: So the rendered page?
1: Yes.
0: Does it take time to load the page in another language, or is it just like you refresh the page and it's automatically translated? And does it affect the speed of the site at all? Uh,
1: on average, I would say it's it's, it's going to add 200 milliseconds. So uh, for UMA, it's not Uh, very uh uh, it's very significant but the good thing that it's uh compatible with any caching solution so if you already have a cache uh, infrastructure or cache solution on your website uh it's uh uh, it's benefiting from the cache you did for the original language
2: so the translations are done in the background why when we connect or are they on the fly every time somebody accesses a page there's this translation going on
1: it's on the fly okay
2: so if it's on the fly does it still bypass the cache then? How does it work?
1: No, it depends. For example, if the cache, uh, if, if the translated page, page uh, is uh, requested by someone, uh, I don't know, in Europe, and you have a caching solution for Europe and uh, it's like two minutes or whatever, uh, uh, it will be cached until the cache is invalidated. So if the cache is invalidated for any reason, that the cache uh, staging, it will invalidate and it will go for uh it will request the translations, uh the origin translations. that's at, at the wordpress level and on top of that we also have caching uh, uh on the api and, and on other uh, points so in the end i mean 200 milliseconds is the worst case scenario
2: okay so all the images are loaded images scripts they're still loaded by the originals
1: mm. yeah Method everything
2: version. only the content changed.
1: yeah the images. What we can do is obviously sometimes you want to translate images, so you, you can decide to have different images depending on languages, or sometimes you can have some text in images. It can happen, uh, and so you can do that with widgets. You just have to. You need to have the different batches of uh, images, and you just fill the URL of the uh, images in English and the one in Spanish, and it will display the good one depending on language.
2: Okay, so that was my next question about geolocation.
1: That's another thing, the geolocation. We're also providing something for that. So we decided at the very beginning that we will not base uh, automatic redirection on IP. Why? Because uh, one, you need to have a very reliable external service to connect and to match IP addresses with uh, countries, which is not always the case and it increases uh, dependencies. And two is a country is not a language. You can have uh, uh, Spanish people uh, doing researches in in France, but they want to have uh, the website in Spanish if it's available. So we decided to to offer an auto-reduction feature, but it's based on the browser language preferences.
2: And within, within the post, could I use... For example, I'm using a geolocation plugin because certain services i'm promoting are not available or available the availability depends on the country so irrespective of language so i want to show say wordpress to the british and squarespace to the french you know the the links would be different how is that handled could i could i say i show yeah i I don't know How, how would that work
1: I mean, it will, it will be the same as for the original. So, if in the original language you already set your geolocation uh, rules, for example.
2: I have short codes. I have short codes. And within, like, if the country is France, show this content this, within the shortcode. And if the other, show the other.
1: It would be exactly the same in the translated uh, languages. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, Gabby, I think you had
0: something. Yeah, well, I was just going to move on to now SEO as well, and how a multilingual website is affected. Does Google reward multilingual posts? Um,
1: I would say yes, because you have more content, but it's hard. I mean, uh, if you if you look at uh, uh, key Neil Patil recommendations in terms of SEO to improve your SEO, one of the things he recommends is to do multilingual. So, uh, I mean, I'm not an, ex- an SEO expert, so I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not the right guy to answer the question, but, uh, according to some experts and industry experts, it has a positive impact on your SEO.
0: You're basically multiplying your content.
1: Exactly. And you're getting more, uh, uh relevant content to people because it's, a, it's a better experience. So it's not only having more pages, it's also having the right pages for the right person.
2: I think there's also the question of whether you're using Google Translate or a more customized version of the content. I think Google will detect that.
1: That's another question It's right. Would would Google penalize you if you're doing uh, Google Translate content?
2: Not penalize you as such, but let's say I want to target specifically French people, right? I'm blogging about finance and I want to target the French. I don't think I would... Put a Google translation and automatically be ranked within the top French bloggers that are blogging in French. But if I use a custom and I use a proper translator or maybe even your service, then I actually have the chance to rank.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's right. Uh, but uh, in, indeed, they—they, they, I think they did uh, um, announce that they would not uh, penalize uh, any website if they were using Google Translate. That's an announcement they did. I mean, one of the SEO expert guy from Google. Uh But indeed, in the end, it. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the the algorithm is getting better and better. So if your automatic translations is really too far from the the keyword research and the, and and it's not getting good results in terms of uh, time on the page and so on, yeah, it, it it has. I mean, it's it's not as good at other content. It will not be ranked. So like any. Thing, like any other content, even in your Ocean language, you need to spend time on the content, understanding the, the, the queries, uh, but it gives a, a, a start.
2: So, in your case, because this, oh, yeah, I understand that Google wouldn't be in alive. there's no reason to do that. But with WeGlot, how close, where would you say it stands between Google Translate and humanly translated content? Like on the spectrum?
1: It depends on what you use when you're using because for products
2: say for products it's easy you know there's a product there's some text a t-shirt it's blue it's green whatever but when i have a blog post where i'm expressing an opinion i'm using certain words how close can it get or is it something that's just a starting point maybe i don't know
1: i think you 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 nailed it it's it's really a question of 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 use case uh uh I'd say like for huge website with a high number of, of, of product, product pages and so on, it's better to just start with a machine and then iterate and improve specific pages. For a blog with uh, deep research articles or opinion-focused uh, 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 based articles, I think it's important to have a human are reading it and review it to make sure it's uh, it, it translates the the opinion in the original language into the destination language. Uh, that's the two side of the use cases. And in the middle, you have like marketing corporate websites, and then it's really a question of standards you have in the, in the, in the company, but also the town you're using. If you're using a really second-degree town with a true... I don't know, corporate voice, you want to be very different from other from competitors and from other companies. I would say that you put a lot of effort into the content in the original, original language. So it's it's normal that you will also put more uh, time and more resources in the tool stations because you want to, to keep that.
2: In my case, and that's just my last question to wrap up this this uh, mini topic here. Um, Let's say my website is doing really well in english but there's a big risk for me or like there's a big switch between english and going into the french market i don't even know if the french will like what i'm selling see. and uh, so for me to invest a few thousand euro for a human person to translate it is a bit of a big jump so i was thinking actually to use a tool like Weglot to get the basics covered, you know. Maybe I could then tweak it a bit to make sure there's no nonsense, and see if at least I get some interest. You know, maybe the French start visiting, and they tell me, "Look, this is we're trying, but we're not managing to get what you're trying to say." And then I know that I can hire a translator and go in and fix it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. That's that's what I would do, um, and that's actually. You're using us, uh, to collect signals. If there is a weak to medium signals, I mean, it means you might, you might be, it might be worth, uh, investing more money to, into that and see if it can bring you more traffic. And so more business for you. Uh, and it's funny. We have, we, we actually have one SEO company who used us as a test, a French one, uh, smart keyword, and they used us in, in Spanish. And and they started <laughs> they started to get and receive uh, uh, uh leads from their contact form in Spanish. They they were amazed that that they did nothing but leaving the the automatic translations. But it already I mean it gave them signals very quickly. So that was a good way for them to uh, kind of decide if it, if they were uh interested into going uh, uh to in, in going to expand in Spanish markets on not.
2: And I guess your tool also makes a distinction between American English and British, Mexican Spanish, and mainland Spanish.
1: That's something we didn't have until now. It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, so before today, uh, we we were not able to uh, provide variation of the language depending on the on, on regions. Uh, so you only had, uh, French and, uh, and English and so on. And now you can have a variation of languages based on the region. So you can have Spanish, Mexican, Spanish, uh, Spain and so on. What you, and the, the way it's working is if there is a machine translations provider, uh, providing the, the local language, we will provide it. So the base of your of the translations is already uh, regionalized, and if it's not provided by any providers, we would give you the uh, the the closest variant. So, for example, let's say for French Belgium, no one is providing it, so we will provide French Belgium in French, and you can do the variation on the French Belgium based on the French, which is easier than starting from scratch.
2: And, uh, if you, if I need to modify this content, as you're mentioning, how do I do that? Because I guess it's not within WordPress itself, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's separate. Uh, it's in your Wiglet account. That's where you're managing translations. And there are two ways to do, uh, um, um, translations management. One is kind of a classic translations list. So you have, uh, on the left, the original language string and on the right, the translations. And you can edit any translations. Once it's edited, it's saved and you can reload the page. It's already displayed. Uh, you have different ways to make it, make that easier. So you can, uh, start by URL. You can, uh, use filters and so on. And we have another way, which is, uh, I, it's like, I think most people like this one. It's a visual editor. So it's kind of a page builder, but just for translations. So you see your pages, your web pages. It's like if you were visiting your website. And you can click on any string. And it will open the translations. And you can change it uh, directly there. Okay. Plus, so you my- have also a couple of features and so on. Sorry. <laughs>
0: no, uh, I was actually going to say WPMare is using Elementor. so. That was going to be my next question. Does it work with page builders? And so I assume you would just go in and use what you just said to change, for example, buttons and menus through Weglot, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So you, you will not do changes inside Beaver Builder, or Elementor, and so on. You would mm-hmm. do all the changes inside uh, the visual editor
0: of Weglot. Right,
1: OK. But it's working out of the box with all uh, major uh, page builders.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and of course, same thing with WooCommerce and other sales funnel plugins. All this.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. I mean, like, uh, like we said before, since we're not trying to identify where the string is coming from, is it translatable? Is it available, and so on? Since we're just looking at the page, HTML page just before it's rendered, we, it's easier for us to detect everything and to translate everything. So, I'd say like for 99% of the themes and plugins, it's compatible out of the box.
0: When it comes to blog posts, let's say I'm regularly updating my posts. Does it get automatically translated every time? Is there yeah. a time period or okay.
1: No, any changes you do, the next uh, visit in the in Spanish would be updated with the new changes.
2: I think that's one of the biggest advantages now of using a service-based translation mechanism because I myself and even Gabrielle on WP Mayer will make a lot of changes to past posts. So it would be a big headache to have to notify translators and maybe it's like one sentence that we change. It's just not worth it to have translator, find a translator, she has to go back in, make the change.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of time. And that's funny. That's something we, we are more and more aware is we have an approach that's not only service based, but it's also, uh, top to bottom. We provide something and then we iterate on something. It's not starting from scratch. I I, I mean, I I can imagine in a company, I don't know, 10 to 50 uh, people company. And one guy has an idea. Okay, let's do the website in, in in French and Spanish. They're in English originally. And okay, so where am I starting? <laughs> I have the technical part. I have the content part, and and it's it it can look like a, a big mountain. So one way of avoiding that is having a tool that gives you in a couple of minutes something that's doing 80% of what you're trying to do, and then refining, optimizing, customizing, according to your needs. And that's that's something that, I mean, we didn't know that when we were, we were building Wiglott at the time, but now we're seeing people that actually telling us it's, that's what it's, why it's so useful. We, it's a solution, it's working, and then it's, yeah, it works.
2: So it's, as a trial, uh, if I had to pick my 10 most popular posts and just translate those, say, to French, and see how, it, how that goes for two weeks. And then if I'm not happy, just delete everything. How easy yeah. it is just to do this whole process?
1: How easy? I mean, you just need to add Wiglet to the website, create your Wiglet account, add your API key. So that's a total of five minutes. <laughs> click on save. One thing is, from what I understood, that you don't want to translate everything, but only like a couple of posts. So the the only hard part will be there you can actually blacklist things you don't want to translate that's you what we what we call excluding rules so you would exclude pages based on a regex for example or based on on on, on path and uh, and so you would exclude everything but the pages you want to uh, translate and i don't know like maybe 10 more minutes uh, 20 if you need the support to uh, to help you on the regex and then it's working you can just focus on, on the content eventually have someone you know who speaks french review uh, the pages just to make sure it's, it's it's okay and that's all
2: and if it doesn't work out and i want to clean everything is it does it leave a lot of things behind there's no mess at all
1: you deactivate with that uninstall you don't have any more code of in your in your website,
2: and that's another advantage, know that you haven't like you don't have a lot of content in the database that yeah. never use less content it's because it was always hosted on your end.
1: Yeah, that's why. So we wanted something very light, technically speaking. We don't want to leave any anything in the code. It, it that's part of the thing we we really believed in. It was. It has to be very easy to use, but it's also very easy to add, to use. And if you want to disconnect it, it's also easy for you. And it's better for us, too, because otherwise we would spend hours to uh, help people to 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 remove our plugin. I mean, it's a nightmare.
2: I've always been very interested in multilanguage, both because I've always lived in multilingual countries and also because of my content and wanting So, a lot of the content I write is for Europeans, and we all know how how important it is to have specific languages for especially countries like France and Germany, where the local, say, bloggers or shops are really strongly positioned with SEO, and people actually start in, in German or French. So, we covered updating, we covered how the content is generated, you can use it on any platform how how, how many platforms do you
1: support any platform um, or any platform so yeah so actually i can i can say a couple of words on, <laughs> about how it's working outside of wordpress so outside of wordpress you have two ways to use wigglot one is to have the javascript snippet it's working great out of the box uh, with any technology, you just need to have access to your HTML page, uh, to your HTML. Uh, but the the big drawback is that you don't have SEO. So for private apps, it's not it's not it can be very useful. But uh, I and mean, for any public uh, uh, website, you don't want to avoid to uh, to to not have SEO uh, on your website. So we developed another way to add with that. We're using DNS. So we're asking the user to add an entry in their DNS and they would authorize us to serve the translated versions, the subdomain. So for example, I would ask, okay, go to your GoDaddy, uh, 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 uh DNS record, add a new entry, uh, a CNAME entry, ES, you make it point to we got and. A couple of minutes after that, the es.mywebsite.com is available in Spanish and served by Woodbots. And that's, that's possible on any platform.
2: And that also works on static WordPress sites. I know there's been like a lot of talk about static WordPress over the past couple of years, especially. Would it still work there?
1: Yeah, yeah, it would, it would still work there. But for the, for a static WordPress, it depends on how it's coded. Uh, you can use either the plugin of the gns approach Mm -hmm.
2: okay and with regards to like for seo purposes how about the description of of an article is that let's say i'm using yoast or rank math and i put in the translation i mean the description of the the seo description for the article is that translated as well
1: yeah yes Uh, i mean once we had this feedback about SEO back in late 2015, we we understood that it was very important, and we had to focus on making sure the translated version we were providing were performing uh, from a SEO standpoint. So, SEO wise, uh, for us there are three things. One is being server side, so that's what we do with DNS and with the plugin. Two. Is having dedicated unique URLs. So Google recommends to use either subdirectories, uh, subdomains, or different top level domains. That's what we, do. we also do with the, with the plugin or with the, the DNS approach. And the last one is to have, um, a, either um, let Google know and let search engine knows, uh, uh that you have different versions of your website. You can use either a sitemap or a AH hreflang tags. Uh, what we do today is a AH hreflang tags and it's working great. Maybe one day we'll have also the sitemap option, but for now it's only the hreflang AH tags. And the last point is making sure all the SEO key uh, items of your page are visible and translated for Google. So for example, titles, uh, meta descriptions, uh for for google but also for facebook when you want to share it or to do any if you want to do some some ads on it and so so yeah everything is translated yes
2: uh, we haven't talked about the pricing models so let's also give an overview of that how how does that work
1: yeah sure so it's we we're kind of uh <laughs> of the strange guys because <laughs> we're doing free freemium free trial product. <laughs> Normally, you can have your, your free trial or your premium product, you can be both. But uh, we're both.
2: <laughs> I think we are too. Now with, with Spotlight, we're doing that. Yeah.
1: Same thing? Okay, great. <laughs> so we actually have a free trial. So it's a 10 day uh, uh, free trial where you can use the product, making sure it fits your need and so on. And we also have a free plan. You can use if you want only one language and you have 2000 words. To translate so yeah because the criteria for us the way the pricing is working the, the the two main things are the number of words translated no let me be more specific It's the total number of translated words it's not the number of original language it's number number of words uh, uh translated and then it's the number of languages you want to add on your website so uh if you want one language and you just have two thousand words uh it's free uh for life uh forever and uh uh it's we have i mean we have thousands of, of free users so it, there are different use cases where, where, it, where it works and then when you have let's say a uh, 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 website with more content it can be a blog a huge blog which is your main business it can be uh, um, uh, e-commerce Of course websites and so on uh then in that case you would need a plan that could it it ranges from uh 9.9 euros a month to our enterprise plan that starts at uh 500 euros a month on average people are paying 33 35 euros per, per per month all our customers uh on average so in the end, on a year, it's like three fifty euros uh, a year. It's not. I mean, it's it's not free, of course. But uh, I think it's it's easy to see if it brings value to you or not, or to your business,
2: comparable to a hosting account. Yeah, which is what you're providing as a hosting for other languages, other versions of your site. How about if I'm writing myself in several languages I'm doing Spanish and Catalan or Spanish and English and I want to translate those into other languages. How do you pick the source there? How does that even work? Is it possible?
1: <laughs> so it's for now I'll, I'll, the, the way the way we got it works it's one origin language by website. It's also best practice from Google so, we're kind of following that there. So if you want to mix languages in your original language, if it's really like a couple of pages or, 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 or exceptional, we can find a workaround, workarounds. But if it's really the, 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 core of your website to be, um, uh, multilingual in the original language, we won't be a good, uh, uh, use case is a good tool for you. You decide and you, and you, and you let Wiglet know what is your original language. And it can change after that.
2: Okay, but what if I, I set English as the original language, but I also want to write in Spanish myself, separate from Weglot, and for everything else, you would translate from English to all the other languages. Is that possible?
1: That's possible. It, it can require, require some, uh, some, some setup on your side. It means that you would have all the Spanish uh, content under the same URL path, for example, and you would have everything under, I don't know, Spanish slash or uh, slash or whatever. And then you would let Google, uh, Wiglot know that, uh, all the URLs under this path shouldn't be uh, translated. So this way, you, everything is excluded. Um, that's, that's all.
2: And speaking of URLs. How did you choose the structure that you're using, the slash ES, slash FR structure? And do the slugs also get translated?
1: It's two good questions. <laughs> Many good questions. Uh, I was not expecting so, so, so detailed questions, but I, I love it. Huh? Uh, and we're, we're, we're providing a product, so I love talking about the product. So the URL, what we're doing is we're, for, for WordPress and with the plugin, we have sub-directory so it means we would add after the dot com or dot fr or whatever slash and the two letter code of the language and it's a two letter code based on the international standards we are using so we're just applying that before this year we you couldn't uh, translate urls with robots only part of it on wordpress and on other technologies wasn't possible at all but we had so many feedbacks we have a feature request, a public feature request, which is roadmap.read.com where you can submit a request and upvote on existing requests. So that was the number one uh upvoted request. It was to translate URLs. So we <laughs> we took that we we must do it. Uh, <laughs> and now you can translate any URLs. So by default it's not translated because it's not it's not part of the key uh, uh let's say Official recommendation of Google in terms of multilingual SEO. It can, it can have some impact. I mean, it's possible, but it's not uh, stated by Google. So that's why it's something we, we tend to do. We did like lately and not at the very beginning. And then by default, we keep it not translated, but then you can, if you want, translate it into different languages.
2: And with regards to the structure, is that something? Because I remember a few years back, there was a lot of debate of what's the best structure to use.
1: Yeah, it's hard to uh, to enter the question. Again, I'm not sure there is one that rules uh, the other. If I can do some comparison, sometimes you're uh, you you you're hearing people saying that you have to, to get the blog on a subdomain, separate subdomain. No, you have to get the blog yeah. uh, uh, behind, same thing, yeah. uh, below the subdomain because you would uh, uh, have the same authority and so on. I don't know. I don't have a clear answer to that. What I know is that Google is strongly recommending using one of the three, which is subdirectories, subdomains, or different top-level domains. So I I, I don't think it has a huge difference in terms of SEO, but if you don't use one of them, you would have problems in terms of SEO.
2: And the three were subdomains? So it's like blog.jangalea.com.
1: Yeah. Taking that example. for example, for Spanish. Then you have subdirectories, which would which would be jungalea.com slash os. And then you would have different uh, top level domains, which would be jongalea.os, for example.
2: Ah, okay. Okay.
1: But that Makes the sense. last one is maybe the trigger to maintain because you would have to pay for a new uh domain name. It's not very expensive, but still it's you have to pay for it, you have to maintain it, you have to renew it, uh for each language you want to launch. So in the end, it's a couple of 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 extra bandwidth of your of your time you're 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 giving to this uh TLG setup.
2: So you keep mentioning Google a lot. So it means that to me, as I'm speaking to you, it means that you're very much in tune what the best practices are, and you're keeping updated with the guys at Google are saying. How much is that driving what you do?
1: Well, um, for SEO, a lot. I mean, uh, it's for, I don't know for you guys, but for me, SEO is kind of a black box. We're trying to understand what's the best thing using tools, Href, SEMrush, whatever. Uh, you can use also uh, great uh, uh, tools inside and plugins inside the, inside WordPress, of course, uh, Yoast and, and so on, and Rank, You, you named it uh, before. But um, what we're trying to do is whenever there is an official documentation from Google, we should follow it because if they are saying officially you have to do that, you know that if you're not doing that, you, I mean, you're outside of the game from day one. So, yeah.
2: Can you give some examples maybe of? I mean, this one that we just mentioned, no, the subdomains thing, the URLs. Yeah. So for
1: example, so for example, one thing you, you should not do, and they recommend to not do it, is to use uh, a language parameter, URL parameter for language. So for example, if you're using uh, uh, yeah, question mark, length equal uh, ES, it's working, but it's not recommended by Google. So that's something we do not offer.
2: Have you seen other big, or do you know of any other big problems with multilingual that you've seen over the years with people doing
1: problems? <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's problems, but we have uh, you. It's not connected to SEO, but many people are asking for geographical IP redirection. That's something we we we, we do not do, and from the very beginning, something we we believe we shouldn't do uh, uh, but if they want to do that that's fine uh, uh, they can use and connect uh, 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 that uh, themselves but yeah when, when it comes to auto redirection it can be tricky so we prefer to stick with uh, our approach
2: as a user it can be it's like a psychological thing you No, know? sometimes i get really angry almost when a website keeps sometimes there are like websites where i change the language from say spanish to english i'm like it's a financial website i want to use it in english and every time i log in it goes back to spanish i'm like i told you already i want i want it in english yeah why do you keep giving me spanish
1: i agree and it happens to me too and i was like okay if if i'm choosing it let me choose it. <laughs> don't force my, my 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 experience. And even if you're trained in a in a private navigation, brother, it's not working. It's auto redirecting you. Yeah, I agree.
2: Mm-hmm. So, what what's your experience with people when they switch to WeGLot from one language to WeGLot, providing several languages? Know, how, how do people usually fare? Do they see results immediately after a few months?
1: There are too many different cases to, to, to have a one answer that fits all. <laughs> uh, for someone who's trialing,
2: well. let's say the trial. Yeah. Okay. It works, but I want to see results. No, usually. How long does it take? Yeah,
1: sure. I think that the, that, that the beauty of, of what we're providing is that the first thing you see is you're actually seeing your page translated. That's the first results. So even before, uh, uh having and getting results like, financial results or traffic results, you have an actual concrete results of this working. And sometimes it's for, for some people it's, it seems so hard to get there that, that being there in like a couple of minutes or or in a day, it's, it's, it's already like 80% of the job done. And then, uh, I, I, I agree. It's important to, to, to give results and, uh, we actually have stats where people can see the number of requests made to the API, so it's 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 equal to uh, the number of visits in your translated pages. You can also have this information in your Google Analytics, so that's something you can track actually to see uh, uh, where uh, if it brings you value. When you're doing e-commerce, you can see if you're getting uh, sales in, in 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 new new countries or in tech countries where you have you were not that present before, and. Yeah. And I would say that overall, it's maybe for some of the users, uh, uh that, uh, uh, Weglot's customers, it's going to be, I don't know, a couple or 10 cents a month. It's, it's even 10 cents, 10 cents a month. It's worth having widgets because you put it, you forget it, and you're just collecting 10 cents a month. And then if you want to increase that, you have the signal, you can invest more money into marketing. Into making sure you're you're seen in 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 the in the new language you're addressing in the countries you're trying to target, so and we also have others uh, that are using us in different languages and they're getting huge traffic and huge volume of sales uh, with the with the languages. So I mean, and they already know. I mean, they were just uh, thinking about what was the good solution for them, and they they they, they, they were they they knew it will have impact uh, regardless of the solution. But they, they, they wanted to make sure they have the good one. Uh, it's easy to set up, no maintenance, uh, and it's working. It's reliable.
2: Hmm. I'm asking because, for example, in our world of blogging, I think it's quite rare to find a blog that is really in several languages, both in the financial space and the WordPress space. I don't think I even, can even mention one. So I'm wondering why they haven't done it, you know, if it's that easy.
1: No, I guess it's, it's, it's harder for blogs. I agree. But that's funny when you, when you look at uh, it's not a blog, it's not a blog business, but I'm, I'm not doing that much marketing uh, anymore today uh, comparing to before. But uh, I, I, I know that I don't know, a year ago when I was doing still, uh, still some, uh, uh, I was looking a lot to at um, Kingstar. I always liked their communication. Uh, I, I mean, I met the guys a couple of times at Podcasts, and I always found them, like, they're nice. They're doing things a bit differently, and it's it's just refreshing, and it's and it's working <laughs> also. So that's funny because they have a blog that's uh, uh, um, translated into different languages. They're not using Weglot. It happens, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, they have a blog available at least in English, and French. I think maybe Spanish, but I'm not sure. And and, and it's working. I mean, I've seen results uh, of queries that were doing I was doing in, in Google that were coming from Kimstar in French. So I was, okay, they they're good, they're good at it. So but it's different. It's not it's not a blog. 100 percent business. I think it's a key a key part of their of their of their marketing strategy and, and acquisition strategy. But it's not like you where it's 100 uh, percent of your business is really your content and what you're putting in there. And I guess I don't know. Maybe.
2: But what what would it be like? The biggest issue we'd have to face if we decided to translate WPML tomorrow with Weglot? What are the hurdles there?
1: I think the biggest issue for you is more it's. a I think that's, that the risk of, of providing something that's not the same level of the English part. And so it's, 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 uh, it's decreased experience, uh, compared to the English part. And so it's potentially harmful for you. Maybe that's something that you have in mind right now. That's how you see things. Uh, I was more thinking about, I don't know your audience in France, but I guess not a lot because French people don't really I mean, they speak English, but they prefer uh, French uh, um, content. So that's actually something you're not doing at all. So you can push it live. You see, worst case scenario, someone saying like, "No, it's 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 not working." Uh, the way you are explaining stuff and 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 writing thing, it's it's not as uh, good as in English. Uh, that's one feedback. And if on the other hand. You have some traffic coming from France and getting some, some, some things coming that's, that's with some in leads. If you, if you're collecting leads, uh, newsletter subscribers, if you're new collecting newsletter subscribers, I mean, it means it's, there is something. And maybe that's where you need to invest some time, set up a process that's then kind of automated. So you can just focus on keep filling the blog with new content. And if it's not working, just plug it off and. And that's it you tested it maybe you'll do another test in a couple of years and you'll see
2: and just to go back on the pricing is the pricing based on the number of words and the website or based on the number of requests to pages
1: so the two no the, the two main criteria are the number of words translated words and the number of languages and we also have have other criteria but it's to be tr- very transparent That's it's it's uh, it's not really uh, it's like in it's not the the criteria that's used to really select your plan or upgrade to another plan. And one of these is uh, the request to the API, because of course you can pay the same price if you have one million of visitors coming in in, in French every day, and you have a, if you have one thousand uh, uh, per month.
2: So that would be another layer.
1: Yeah. What but it's, it's, it, yeah. It, um, but I'd say like maybe 20% of oh no, even, even less, maybe like five to 10% of our customers, they can be, they can choose a higher plan because they have higher traffic overall. It's a, it's a good problem. It means it's working and it means, uh, you're getting traffic and volume.
2: Okay. But if I start off with 500 pages, of content, even if nobody ever visits them, I will be paying the 500 pages multiplied by the words on each page, right? Away.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: Okay. Uh, my last question is actually also partly interesting for us because of Spotlight. And we're also thinking of putting it on different platforms, not just WordPress. So I was wondering what share you're seeing of WordPress overall. And uh, as someone who's working with different platforms, CMSs, non-CMSs, how do you see the trajectory of WordPress itself?
1: The WordPress is uh, surprisingly strong and resilient. It's it's amazing. It's really, and I think it's it's because uh, they were one of the first. It's it's really kind of easy to use, uh, if you want to, even if you're not technical. Uh, you would not use the same way if you're if you're technical, but yeah. And I, I think the community is also a strong, a strong part of the, of the success. Uh, it's an amazing community. Really, we didn't know about that before getting to know WordPress in 2016. We actually launched Wiglet officially, uh, at a WordCamp in Paris. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we were
0: <somewhere in> there. <laughs> there as well. No, I've there? never been to Paris for a WordCamp. Camp. have been to the uh,
1: one day. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and we could, we could feel people were nice and kind, um, and welcoming us, which is not the kind of, uh, atmosphere and attitude, uh, we were, uh, used to coming from different industry, uh, the web industry and the finance industry. That's not the, that's not the same spirit. So, so I think it's also, uh, indirectly and directly some 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 reason of the success of wordpress and getting back to your questions shopify on the e-commerce part is growing and growing it's it's really it's huge i'm i'm really amazed by what they've built and and we'll see i don't know where they were where, where they're going but it's 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 really good uh we're also seeing who commerce going um uh, i think they are there are use cases for both so it's not again one rule uh, them all and uh we're seeing webflow growing a lot too right now they're expanding a lot in europe
2: webflow i haven't heard of that actually
1: yeah it's it's really is it e-commerce or what is it it's not not they have an e-commerce feature if you want but it's not really e-commerce it's more corporate uh marketing websites really I'd say uh, we also Squarespace. Squarespace is growing too. Uh, I mean, overall, the industry is growing. There are more and more websites, and everybody is uh, benefiting from it. What is amazing is that the market share of WordPress is growing, and I think it's. And you have more and more uh, players. You have Wix. You have uh, which is also growing, but I guess all of the CMSs and easy-to-use solutions are growing and are eating the custom development uh, market share, I think. I think that's now having a website, a corporate website, marketing websites, e-commerce websites, even private apps and so on, is a commodity. People are expecting tools to be easy to use and less dependent to developers. And they may be expecting developers to, to build the tools to make it easier for them to just build things uh, online
2: very interesting thanks for for that okay. um uh, gabby i don't know if you have any other questions
0: <laughs> i let you take over there for a while um uh, no but it was interesting to to get into the technical aspects of Weglot. no more questions from my end i think okay <laughs>
2: right, so to wrap off uh, how can people find you and how can they get started with Weglot?
1: uh sure with pleasure uh so we have our uh WordPress directory page uh, for the plugin. Very proud of it. Many reviews, uh, hard work from the team to make sure our people get answers and get good answers when have a, a question. Uh, really a kudos to our support team, our developer team, marketing team, everybody behind the products. It's a, it's an amazing journey to uh, to do that with them. Uh, then to find us, <laughs> uh, our uh, plugin page, our website, weglot.com. It's available in Spanish, in English, in French, in German, in Japanese, <laughs> and maybe more coming in. <laughs> uh, you can contact us anytime at support at woogle.com or at contact at woogle.com. Secret: it's going to the same mailbox, so you can use <laughs> either one or the <laughs> other. <laughs> it will not be different. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on LinkedIn, and yeah, maybe the the places where you can find us
2: all right so thanks a lot Agustin for being with us today and we'll keep in touch so everybody go check out Weglot and let us know uh, if you have any feedback or let Weglot know directly we're curious to see what you think of what we discussed in
1: this episode thanks a lot John and it's a pleasure